Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. When coaching, I think one of the greatest litmus tests for all of us as coaches, have we made a difference? Have we done things that have impacted other people? Now, that can be a little self-righteous and a little bit arrogant and a little bit conceited, but I always go back to one fundamental question I ask people who coach to ask themselves. That is, are people more or less inspired after they meet with you? And I think about my career and I think about coaching and I really got my first start when I was 19 years old at my alma mater high school, Sherwood High School. And I was brought back to coach and help kind of revitalize a volleyball program that was really not even in our state uh, sanctioning body anymore. We were actually running it through the rec department, meaning we weren't even really competing in the high school programs. So we had brought it back and I was coaching. I was only 19. And I remember the first team I got. And my little brother was on the team who was a great setter. We had some kids on the team that were really good. And I remember they were all freshmen and we were playing teams with sophomores and juniors. And at this time in Wisconsin, volleyball wasn't doing very well. So when people would coach, they would coach to win. And I would watch these other coaches and they would do anything at all costs to win. But I wanted our kids to really learn how to play the game correctly. So I would not compromise. I would not let them just slap at the ball. I taught them how to set. I taught them how to hit. And I remember two things came out of that situation. I had a kid on our team uh, by the name of Eric, who was a really, really smart player. But he was kind of gangly and a little bit slow-footed. But you could see he knew what to do. And I remember after his freshman year, he was saying, I don't know if I'm going to go out next year because the meter was running in his head. Am I a good volleyball player? Is this going to be fun next year. I'm not that quick. I don't jump that high. Now, here's the thing that I knew that he didn't know. His dad was 6'7", and what he didn't know was he had a height chance of becoming a pretty good volleyball player. So I talked him into it, and I said, look, this is part of the process of getting better. So Eric came back, ended up being a three-year starter, ended up playing pro beach volleyball, and that team, that freshman year, that I coached, their record was three wins and 51 losses. Not three match wins, three sets. Our only match win of the year was our last match. And you would have thought we won the NCAA tournament. And I always go back to that being one of my better coaching moments for one reason. I didn't compromise. The kids learned how to play. And three years later, the only loss they had their senior year was the state championship. They were 91 and four, not because of me, but I remember giving those kids the start. And as I understand it, including my little brother, including Eric, a lot of these guys went on to coach and stay embedded in the volleyball community. So when you think about coaching, 
I think one of the healthiest things we can do is to look over our shoulder and say, is there success behind me? Have I left a trail where people can pass it on, pass it forward? And I think about going forward in the workplace. Now, I remember around this time, as I was getting in college and I was about 21, I ended up going into an internship program with IBM. And I had a boss by the name of Martha. And she would use the term coach. Now, think about that. I'm 56 today. This is over 35 some years ago. And she was using a term that we now use every single day. And she would coach me every single day. And I felt her presence, her investment, her inspiration, her challenging of me every single day. And there were times it wore on me. And I remember she said something to me. She said, the reason I coach you, Tim, is because you're willing to open yourself to it. The day you don't want me to coach you is the day you might not be as successful. And she said, I'm willing to coach you every day because I know you want to get better. Till this day, that comment has stuck with me. So I share that because as years go forward, and I have my company that I'm running now, I had a young lady work for me by the name of Shannon. And Shannon, when she first started with me, was, needless to say, not pleasing to be around. She would roll her eyes and stick her hips out, and I'd ask her to copy things, and she'd cop an attitude. So one day, I sat her down, and I said, look, I don't want to be uncomfortable in my own company. I don't want to be uncomfortable around other people. Every time I ask you to do something, I just sense it's this monumental thing. I don't need it. Now, look, we're paying you extremely well, and I think we're paying her about 15 bucks an hour. In college, make your own hours. We'll work around your classes. It's a pretty flexible job. And I said, come back Monday, and I will become the best mentor and coach you could ask for. Now, if you don't come back, I, I'll know you've made the decision this isn't for you, and I'm okay with that. So she comes back Monday, and we really kind of wiped the board clean and created this great relationship, really like a father-daughter relationship. Three years later, she had rebuilt her website. She had used a product called HubSpot became very fluent in it, um, accepted a job with me after college, and then came back and uh, took it back and said, I think I'm going to go to a different company where I'm going to feel more challenged, and absolutely was the right choice for her. So here we are, 10 years later, this young lady is just knocking it out of the park. I know the president of her organization, Paul, who's a friend of mine, and he raves about her all the time. People inside their organization rave about her. She travels the world doing the work that she does. I would not have provided that to her. She made absolutely the right choice. The reason I share that with you is you know you're invested when someone's last day comes and you can't say thank you and you can't say goodbye because you're so choked up. And I don't think there was any other employee I ever felt that way about. And I remember the day I left IBM, I couldn't say thank you to Martha. I couldn't say thank you for everything you did for me. And I probably had tears welt up in my eyes. And she said, Tim, pass it forward. You have the ability to coach other people. Pass it forward. That's why I went into the coaching business. So all these years later, I have a young lady, Shannon, and I still could not say thank you. Because I kind of left it all out on the table like I did at IBM. I tried to give everything I could to Shannon. 
And as she is, again, much like a daughter, we have a great relationship to this day. That's what coaching is all about. So I fast forward, and I'd say about five years ago, um, six years ago, I was asked to coach our local high school boys volleyball team. They had never had a volleyball team. I was starting it up much like I did over 30 years ago at Shorewood High School. And so by coaching at Cedarburg, I realized a couple things. All of those lessons were going to start to come into play. So what I did is we wrote a business plan and I shared the responsibility with a friend of mine who became a friend through this relationship and coaching. And we wanted to be known as the fun program. We're going to have fun. We're going to wear zany clothes, Hawaiian clothes, Hawaiian shorts. We're going to have fun because fun is a great distraction to not winning. See, the first two years, first three years, heck, the first five to eight years, you're not going to win. So the first year we were three and 18. The second year we were lucky to be 12 and 13. My son was on the team. And then the third year, I knew we were going to take a big dip. We were three and 18. But one of the things happened during that season that was awesome. I had a young man who was my favorite player in the program, Brad, who literally said, coach, let this other kid, a sophomore, while he, during his senior year, let this sophomore set, let him run the team. It'll be good for the program. Think about that. A senior cutting his senior year in half for the good of other people. A high school boy, when most of them are morons. <laughs> literally cut his senior year in half. So we had a tough year, three and 18. The next year, we had our first winning record in our fourth year. We fielded a second JV team. The program was growing. We were getting sometimes 40, 50, 60 kids out a year. And then in our fifth year, we won the conference. Unheard of, not because of great coaching, because we had a foundation of coaching of leveraging kids' strengths, rewarding their efforts, knowing it's a process of getting better. The sixth year came, I had resigned, and the person who had started the program with me, my good friend Damien, took him again, won the second conference title in a row. Really unheard of, not to brag or boast, but really unheard of. So coaching transcends itself. I think about my workplace at IBM over 30 to 35 years ago. I couldn't say goodbye to my boss. I think years and years later, I have this great young lady in an internship. I couldn't say goodbye. That's the power of coaching. I think about Sherwood High School all those years ago and that team that was three and 54. They all stayed connected with volleyball. Senior year, they won, they lost one match, the state championship. They were 91 and four. I believe that's still a state record. I believe they still have a record for the most sets in a row in terms of winning, 64. And then I think about in recent years, my local high school, Cedarburg. We're in the first six years, we've won two conference titles. Coaching has a power of repeating itself. But I think the healthiest thing we can do as coaches is look over our shoulder and say, are there positives? Are there good stories I can tell? Not to brag about, not to boast, not to showcase myself, but to really illustrate the power of coaching. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. 
And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.